I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 465. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. As we get started today, I recognize engaging God's word for yourself can feel daunting. And while our featured song will give us fresh inspiration as to where to study, the episode guide will give you the interaction tools you need to dig in. So grab your episode guide 465 at michellenizette.com forward slash 465 download. And if you've already subscribed to my email list, this guide is already in your inbox, ready to help you discover and meditate on God's word in new ways. But I'm ready to use Benjamin William Hastings and Blessing Offers song, That's the Thing About Praise, to lead us to scripture. Aren't you? All right, let's listen. Don't always fix your problems, but it'll tell you how small they are. That's the thing about praise. That's the thing about praise. It won't always move the mountain, but it's good for the heart. That's the thing about praise. That's the thing about praise. You never know what it's gonna change, but it'll always leave a mark. That's the thing about praise. That's the thing about praise. Yeah, I might see walls start falling, or it might just change my heart. That's the thing about praise. That's the thing about praise. I don't normally have commentary on the song because I just use the lyrics of the songs we're already listening to to plop us into a large chunk of scripture where we can just sit for a while. And we're going to do that today. But I do want you to hear some of the other lyrics to this song. But first, a little context. So we live in a day and age where many of the most popular preachers are the ones saying, just do this or just say this or just believe this. And your blessing is right around the corner. And they're going to encourage you to play, pray like Elijah while quoting James chapter 5 where it says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. And then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. And they preach, so just pray and heaven will give its rain to bear fruit in your life. Or they'll pull up Exodus 14 and say, if you're standing before a great red sea in your life and you're trapped and the enemy is bearing down upon you, just remember what God told Moses in Exodus 14 when he said, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you only have to be silent. And they'll preach, God is fighting for you. All you have to do is stand there and be silent and believe. 
But what if your reality is like what the opening lyrics of our song talks about when it says, when the rain you want is a flood instead and the roses bloom, but they're not quite red. When I reach the edge of my bravery, I'll still be singing at the banks of an unparted sea. Because reality is that sometimes we are standing on the banks of an unparted sea or drowning in what could be life-giving if it wasn't drowning us. And, and then this song sings in the chorus, sometimes the only way through it is a hallelujah. Sometimes the only thing to do is, to, uh, is just to give it to you. And though my troubles shake me, I know they will never move you. Sometimes the only way through it is a hallelujah. That's why I say hallelujah. So what is this song singing about? A change in perspective. It's it's what we heard in the bridge that I played. That's the thing about praise. It won't always fix your problems, but it'll tell you how small they are. It won't always move the mountain, but it's good for the heart. It, you'll never know it's what it's going to change, but it will always leave a mark. I might see walls start falling, or it might just change my heart. Oh my goodness. I just love these lyrics so much. We're not going to spend a ton of time, but if you want to explore scriptures in, inspired by these phrases, here's where I would go first. So I'm going to put these in the show notes so you don't have to frantically write them down. But on this phrase, it won't always fix your problems, but it'll tell you how small they are. It makes me think, so, think of Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus exhorts us not to worry about things that we tend to be consumed by, like what we're going to eat or what we're going to wear. Instead, we are to seek the kingdom of God first. And that's the thing about praise. The kingdom of God is filled with the praise of God. How about the phrase, it won't always move the mountain, but it's good for the heart. Uh, That makes me think of Jesus's teaching in Matthew 17. And this is where he exhorts his disciples for lacking faith. He says, with faith the size of a mustard seed that we can move mountains. And this is not a promise that every mountain we want to move will move. But that's the thing about praise. Whether the mountain moves or not, God is worthy of our praise and it's good for the heart. The other phrase, you'll never know what it's going to change, but it will always leave a mark. (laughs) I immediately thought about the story of Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I'm going to read verse 21. When he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire. And they went before the army and say, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing in praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sire who had come against Judah so that they were rooted. That'll leave a mark, right? So that's the thing about praise. It, it might very well win the battle, but even if it doesn't, you'll have greater perspective. And then that last phrase, I might see walls start falling or it might just change my heart. Of course, the image of walls falling makes us think of Jericho. You can read all about that in Joshua chapter six. I actually take a deeper look at Joshua chapter six in episode 172. I'll go ahead and link to that in the show notes as well if you wanna um, play off of that um, idea as well. In fact, again, I'll put all these scripture references in the show notes for you and that's found at michellekneesat.com forward slash four, six, five. But that's the thing about praise. The walls of opposition before you might just fall down or it just might have a heart change as you endure. But that's the thing about praise. It's not about us at all. In fact, if we use it as a quarter that we're putting into a cosmic gumball machine, then we're doing it wrong. Our song reminds us that sometimes there's a great victory and sometimes there is just endurance, but that's the thing about praise. God is worthy of it at all times. And I guess maybe that's really my only criticism of the song. It doesn't come right out and say that God is worthy of our praise at all times. 
the hallelujah, by the way, is not just a way for us to make it through again, because it's not about us. It's the way to make it through because it refocuses our attention. But again, I I really don't want to criticize too loudly because as I'm writing my book, my book coach will give me a note like, you don't have to say that. The reader knows what you mean or trust your reader, he says. They don't like it when you tell them the things that they've already inferred. So I'm going to give the songwriters the benefit of the doubt. What they say in this song should lead us to the obvious conclusion. Our heart change and perspective change happens because our eyes have been lifted to the only thing deserving our attention in this moment, God. He deserves our hallelujah and everything else fades away because we're giving our praise to Yahweh. We are extolling the greatness, the excellence of our great God. When we look at the greatness of God, it puts everything else into perspective. So where do we want to sit this week, this larger chunk of scripture? I want us to go to 1 Thessalonians. And the reason I want to spend some time here is because I don't know if God has any intention of removing the pain from your life. I don't know if he's going to part that sea or tear down that wall or execute that army when you start singing. The fact of the matter is our hope is not in this life at all. It's in our eternal life with him. And you see the Thessalonians received the gospel in suffering and then held true to the gospel in suffering. It wasn't a magic pill of rescue, but it did offer eternal hope. And that's the perspective that we really need anyway. So let's jump into 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Let's read the first um, seven verses of chapter 1. So it says, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. So let's stop there and uh, make a list of what we just learned about the Church of the Thessalonians. So making a list is a Bible interaction tool exercise that I often use to kind of like bring the balloon down for me as I study a passage. Um, I call these exercises bites for short. So let's take the bite of making a list. And the you know the reason I do this is so that as I interact with God's Word, I don't just like blow past it. I don't just read it. I kind of begin to digest it. And by um, interacting with it in these ways, it maybe can help me understand it better as well. So in my list, these are the characteristics that I see in this passage about the Thessalonians. Number one, they are prayed for. Uh, Number two, they are noted for their work of faith. Uh, They were also noted for their labor of love, and they have a steadfastness of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. It says that they are chosen by God. They hold assurance that the gospel or that the good news was true and was full of power. They also received the word in much affliction. 
They had joy of the Holy Spirit in the midst of that affliction, and they are an example to other believers. And so like a drop of water in a still pond, the ripple effect of these characteristics that we just listed, they... The, the ripple effect is that it expands the kingdom of God. And we see that as we keep reading in verse 8. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned from God or to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. So the gospel for these people was life-changing. I mean, it was culture-changing. And they turned from idol worship to serving God. And their hope is now in his return and in his eternal salvation. And then Paul goes on to seemingly combat some character assassination against him. So the next few verses are kind of all like a defense of himself and the other apostles and leaders. And then he weaves his conversation back to the Thessalonians in chapter 2. And I'm going to pick up in verse 13. And he says, We also thank God constantly that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but but as what it really is, the word of God, which is that work in you believers for you brothers became imitators of the churches of God in Jesus Christ that are in Judea for you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out and displeased God and oppose all mankind by hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved so as always to fill up the measure of their sins but wrath has come upon them at last All right, so again, we see another reference to suffering, and not merely suffering from the attack of an enemy, but from their own countrymen. And this is an especially brutal kind of suffering, in my opinion. You know, I'm I'm someone who tends to take things a little too personally sometimes, or at least according to my husband. I, I let my, my feelings get hurt. And sometimes, honestly, I let my feelings get hurt by things that have nothing to do with me. But the people who have the greatest ability to do that, they have bedrooms in my house, right? So my husband and my two girls, I, I'm especially sensitive to penetrating words of my family. And I think this is what this is like for the Thessalonians. Your own countrymen is a detail that should not be overlooked. This is an especially personal kind of suffering. All right, so then the story shifts to Paul's afflictions in chapter 2, verse 17. But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face because we wanted to come to you. I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before the Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith so that no one uh, will be moved by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction just as it has come to pass and just as you know. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. So Paul was suffering 
and the Thessalonians were suffering. And we all know that suffering makes us vulnerable. And Paul specifically mentions Satan hindering him and the temptations of the tempter. And um, so all of these things are at play here. And you know what he didn't say? He didn't say, just be still. The Lord will fight for you. He didn't say, your Red Sea is about to be split wide open. Just believe. He basically said, Keep on keeping on, my friends. Oh, and we have hope in the resurrection. So you can just keep reading about that in chapter four. But in the immediate context, he said this, chapter three, verse nine, for what thanksgiving, what praise can we return to God for you, right? So what thanksgiving can we return to God for you? For all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God as we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see your face to face, see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. So the question, what Thanksgiving can we return to God for you? That just sounds a whole lot like praise to me. And it says we praise and we pray and we long to see you in person to fill any gaps in your faith. And here they are in the midst of great affliction, personal affliction, no end in sight affliction. And Paul is instructing them to love more. Take your eyes off yourself and love each other more deeply. Why? So that God may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before God at Christ's return. Not so that you can escape this affliction, but so that you're holy when Jesus comes back. That's our ultimate rescue. That's the thing about praise. It redirects our gaze to our God and to those made in his image. And maybe you need a song of praise. Maybe you need to take the bite of praying and praising God with his own words. I call this uh, bite praying scripture. And there are, so many, there are so many places that we could go, so many options to choose from. But one that might fit you and one that might fit the Thessalonians in this situation that they're in right now is Psalm chapter 27. It has a few wins in there. You know, like it's not if you will have to endure suffering or attack, but when. So Psalm 27, verse one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. So just like the Thessalonians held assurance in the good news of the the gospel message, we will be confident in the midst of attacks. Verse four, one thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple for he will hide me in the shelter in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. That's the thing about praise. It's always the perfect time for it. In the day of trouble, when we need to hide, when we seek a safe place, when we're surrounded. And then how about this dear one who has yet to return to meeting in person with other believers? It's time to return to the house of the Lord. That's the thing about praise with others. You have unity as you worship God. 
All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox for one final word of encouragement from our psalm, starting in verse 13. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Now, this is not a promise that God will rescue you from your current suffering, but it is a confidence that God's goodness is detectable even on this side of heaven, and I would say even in the midst of suffering. So wait for the Lord, my friend. Be strong, let your heart take courage, and lift up a song of praise. So what's next? Read the entire first letter to the Thessalonians in one sitting. Then interact with the text. Make a list of the characteristics of this body of believers. Make a list of the opposition against them, both internally and externally. Make a list of how Paul is exhorting them to respond, even if their suffering doesn't relent. And then hop over to Psalm 27 and incorporate David's words into your own prayer life. Lift a shout of joy to the Lord with music. Sing your praise to him. Allow the Lord to refocus your attention on his goodness and the opportunities around you to love. And then while you're in God's word, let me know how you're doing. You can email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Instagram at michellekneezat. My Facebook page is Michelle L. Nizat, and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network. You can check out other podcasts in the network and Christian music resources at newreleasetoday.com. And don't forget to grab your episode guide at michellekneezat.com forward slash 465 download. And with that in mind, I want to thank my newest subscribers who have subscribed subscribed lately, like Leah from Nebraska, Wendy from North Carolina, Sunita from the UAE, Cynthia from Kentucky, Karen from North Carolina, Amanda from Alberta, Canada, Carol from Texas, Elaine from Arizona, Lisa from Arkansas, Freda from New Zealand. Welcome. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneezat.com. You can listen on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. And I want to thank Brooke from Texas for her recent review. She wrote, this podcast is very awesome and I love listening to it with my mom. We love how Michelle is connecting Christian songs with scriptures. Thank you, Brooke, for taking the time to write that review. And I love that you are creating a shared experience in God's word with your mom. That's awesome. And if you, dear listener, haven't left a review yet, do that today by heading over to lovethepodcast.com forward slash more than a song. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next time, I will be featuring The Lord's Prayer, It's Yours by Matt Marr to dive into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 465. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, Take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.